All right, so we are starting a new series, uh, walking through the book of Titus. Um, this is kind of in my, my series over the last year of picking weird books in the Bible and, and walking through them. We went through Habakkuk, which, you know, y'all didn't even know Habakkuk was in there, right? It's in the Old Testament. We walked through that about a year ago. And uh, then we did Jude, a two-part series on Jude, because Jude is just one, one chapter. Uh, and, and today we're going to start a, a series walking through the book of Titus. And today we're just going to walk through the greeting, the first four verses. And um, I, if you read the book of Titus, what you find out is that Paul is writing to this guy named Titus. And he's actually sharing leadership, wisdom, and knowledge and, and understanding with him. He does the same with Timothy in those in the books, you know, first and second Timothy, the first letter that he wrote and the second letter that he wrote to him. And I'm really fascinated with leadership, um, not because I, I feel like I'm any kind of great leader or anything like that, but because I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that Scripture describes leadership in one way, and then when we experience leadership outside of church or outside of scripture it's described in another way a lot of times for instance um people who ran enron you know within the corporation they were big wigs they were they were guys who were leaders of leaders and that kind of thing and it turns out they're just thieves you know i mean they're just they're just guys who wanted money and 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 you find things like that all the time um uh, there's guys, uh, who's the guy that ran uh, uh, GE for the longest time, Jack Welch, uh, something like that. You know, he's credited with having great leadership skills, but he's been divorced four or five times. To me, that says something's not right. You might be able to lead people in a corporation, but if you can't lead your family, I really don't want to follow that. I want to put my family first. And so I'm fascinated with leadership and the... And the, the uh, dichotomy that we see in leadership of scripture and leadership out in our world and so if you have your bibles go ahead and turn to titus if you find second timothy it's to the right um if you find what's that book after it uh philemon philemon it's not long or hebrews take a left okay so titus we're looking at titus here um and and let's read the first verse here paul a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Let's stop there for a second. What is Paul, who does Paul say he is? He is a servant and an apostle. What is an apostle? It's, it's a, a person who is an ambassador for Christ. He is an emissary, if you will. Somebody who goes out and does what God asks him to do. So, right here, Paul defines who he is. Now, I think in this room, none of us would say, eh, Paul's not really a leader. You know, I mean, I think we all, if we've been in Scripture, we kind of look at it and go, uh, okay, Paul's, Paul's a leader, we got that. He planted, you know, hundreds of churches, maybe thousands of churches, just from those churches that he planted. And, and, and you know, he did some serious stuff when it comes to furthering God's kingdom. None of us would say that he's not a leader. But what does Paul say he is? He doesn't bust out and say, listen, buddy, I'm a leader of leaders. I got it going on. I know what I'm doing. You listen to me and you follow my word to the letter. He didn't say that. He says, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. A servant and an apostle. Now, I look around the room, and I know, you know, like more than half of us are out because we got flooded. But I look around the room, 
And all I see when the room's filled with us in the room here, all I see are leaders. And here's, here's why I see this. Because I've, I've spent time with you guys, I know you guys, and leadership, as defined in Scripture, you can look in, uh, I, I would challenge you to study uh, Proverbs chapters 1 through 4. Leadership is, is really defined, there's a bunch of different characteristics that can go into leadership, but you can look at Proverbs 1 through 4 and you see some of the main characteristics are three things. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Not of your own, but from Christ, from God. Godly wisdom, godly knowledge, and godly understanding. Now, that, that gives you leadership, but that doesn't mean you use leadership. Does that make sense? You, you, you have it, but you don't necessarily use it just by having it. Everybody with me so far? Everybody got me? Okay, so Paul says, I'm a servant and I'm an apostle. For the faith of God's elect and knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. So here's the thing. Why is he a servant and why is he apostle? an apostle? Here's why. It's to further God's church. He, he's serving in this capacity. For the faith of God's elect. When you, when you see the word faith, interject the word trust. For, for building up the trust of God's people. For building the knowledge of the truth. And listen, this is what's cool. Because people who have this truth, this knowledge of the truth, what happens when you share? It leads to godliness. It's like, it's like you, people just can't help it. You know, it's like a, a plague or something. You just, it just gets on you and you're just like, yeah, I want to be godly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you share Christ with people and people can't resist godliness. You guys are leaders. Whether you know it or not, you're leaders. I could go around the room and share different leadership quality about each one of you. Kara here, Kara, Kara fell through a roof. Listen, Kara, really, if you want a day off of work, you probably should just ask for it, you know? But Kara fell through a roof. She wasn't, she wasn't dissing God by not standing up. She just, she just can't stand up because she hurt herself. You okay? How you doing all right? Okay, so... Kara's cut off her fingers. She's, she's hurt herself by falling through a roof. This, this girl is a warrior, all right? I mean, that, that's not what makes her a leader. She's, I mean, just incredible. But here's Kara. Kara's got this leadership quality about her that, that says, when, you know, if somebody's challenging her, she'll challenge you back. And she'll say, you know what? I don't buy that. I don't believe that. Because it's probably not true. Kara's really grounded. She's got a, she's got a good head on her shoulders. And, and if somebody says something that's not true, she doesn't have a problem with saying, I don't think that's right. Dewey over here. Dewey's just smart, all right? Dewey's, Dewey's, Dewey's just genius, right? And, and, and Dewey has this smarts about him that, that people, people are just drawn to him. You got a hard question or you want to know something kind of random, just a random fact, Dewey knows it. And Dewey, you, say, you may think, well, what does that have to do with leadership? Here's what it has to do. People come to him with these questions. We all have leadership. And you're, if your idea of leadership is this gung-ho person, look at Paul. And everybody thinks Paul was this like in-your-face kind of guy because he'd get up and talk to all these people. I don't think Paul was like that at all. I think he made himself do that. But when he describes himself over and over again as a servant and an apostle, 
You don't see someone who's kicking indoors. You see somebody who says, I want to put you before me. And a servant is a leader. You got, every one of us have leadership qualities. Every one of us should see ourselves as a leader. Now listen, you may see yourself, you may not see yourself as a leader, but you are. And chances are, right now you're a passive leader. You've got these leadership qualities, but you don't know how to use them, or you never thought about using them, or you've never thought about yourself as a leader at all. But listen, we want to take these leadership qualities, the wisdom that I see in so many of you, the knowledge, the, 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 the understanding that you have of Scripture, we want to take this, this lead, these leadership qualities and make them active. Turn the on button on. Flip the switch, whatever it takes, and let's be active in leading wherever you're at. Paul was a servant and an apostle. What did he use that for? What was he doing with his leadership? He was building up the church. He was building up people who already had a truth, people who didn't have the truth of God, and helping them to grow in godliness. Now, verse number two. Or actually, let me point something out here. Leadership, y'all ever thought about this? Is leadership born or is leadership taught? This is your first point. Leadership is taught. There are some people who have, you know, charisma, and there's some people who have this, this aura, this way about them, you know, that kind of thing. That's not leadership. That's a personality trait, and it's not leadership. In fact, most of those people are high up in corporations, but that doesn't mean they're good leaders. A good leader is someone like Truett Cathy, who leads Chick-fil-A. He's a, he's a very strong Christian. Closes every store on Sundays, you know, and every business model says, man, you've got to work on Sunday. You've got to get as much money as you can. Chick-fil-A ain't doing too bad. Y'all been to the one out here on Vets? I mean, the drive through for lunch snakes around the building and out to veterans. And there's easily 30 cars in line. And they have two lines to get into the drive through They're not doing too bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're not doing bad at all. Truett Cathy actually gets out into the community. He's getting old now. I don't know if he did it, does, it, does it still. But he gets out into the community, out into the stores, and he'll work. He just gets in there. He serves the people who work for him. Leadership is taught, and then it is practiced. It is taught, and then it is practiced. And here's one other thing you need to know and understand here. What we see here. Paul. Being a servant, Paul being an apostle of Christ, he serves others. Before you can be a leader, you must be a follower. And we've talked about this before, but I want to reinforce this again. In order to be a leader, you must be a follower. Paul, Paul didn't just wake up one day and go, I'm a leader. I'm going to start doing this Christ thing, and, and I'm going to start showing people what to do. He followed his Savior. Every single step of the way. In fact, if you really wanted to get technical, there's no such thing as a leader except for Christ. Because every leader has somebody that they're following. Every leader has somebody that they look up to. Every leader 
looks to somebody to, for advice, for, for wisdom. For us, it should first and foremost be Christ. For Paul, it was first and foremost Christ. I would challenge you, though, I mean, absolutely. You go to other people around you and say, hey, I got an issue, I need some wisdom, I need some insight. Man, never try to make a decision on your own. Especially a very, very important decision that you've got going on in your life. Paul is a leader of leaders because he serves and he obeys. And here's what he's doing. He is teaching Titus through this book. Titus is on the island of Crete. We have, we have this Google map. It's so hard to hook up with those uh, Google satellites. And uh, so, so maybe we have... Here we go. Man, Larry, you're the man. Here's Crete, the island of Crete, the fifth, fifth largest island in the Mediterranean Sea. It was then, it is today, still the fifth largest island. And, and Titus is left here. Paul was there, and he was planting churches, and there were several churches that cropped up, but Paul had to leave. We don't really know why. We, we'll get into that next week. But um, he had to leave, and he left Titus there. And he's basically saying, Titus, I want you to finish up what I started Make sure you quell some of these, these things that are cropping up that aren't of Christ. And so he is leaving him there, and he is writing this letter back to invest in him and say, this is what I want you to do because this is my experience and what works. This is what I want you to do because we've gone through this situation before, and I need you to do this, this, and this. And he's teaching him how to lead all of these churches, not be the pastor, but to set them up and get them going. He is a leader of leaders, Paul is, and he's teaching Titus to be a leader of leaders. If you want to cheat and jump ahead, you can read a little bit more about it in, uh, in verse 5. Um, now, verse 2. Here is what Paul being a servant and apostle for the church, for people to come to godliness... And then verse 2, it says, A faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life. Now, if you read this, kind of weird, you think, wow, our faith and our knowledge it hinges on this, on this thing of, of whether we have eternal life. And that is true. But Paul's more making the, the point that you have an eternal hope in Christ. You have a hope that cannot be shaken. You have a hope that, that needs to be shared. And so Paul says, your faith and the knowledge of Christ that you have rests on this eternal hope, Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Paul knew this. He's writing to Titus about this, and he's saying, don't lose this. Don't miss this. This is big-time stuff. And as Christians, this is your next point, as Christians, we need to be, listen, we've got to be the ultimate leaders because we lead the way to eternal life. What we have, like I was talking about before, what we have is the most important thing in the world. And you guys are a leader of leaders. I know that because I know where you work. I know how you interact with your friends. You guys are leaders of leaders. And so you need to understand this leadership that you have in you it's time to flip the switch and it's time to be active with it. If you're not active in your leadership and stepping out and saying, listen, I don't think that's right. Following Kara's example here, 
or you have knowledge and you're not sharing it with people, you know, you're not a know-it-all. Dewey doesn't act that way. He's not a know-it-all. But if you come to him with, with some question, scriptural, he's good at scripture, he's good at just random, everyday things, man, he'll share with you. It's time to flip that switch and make it active. It's resting on the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, I love that. Let's just, just throw that in. Listen, let's, let's reinforce this. God don't lie, okay? Because, because you, know, you know, if you're like me, you probably thought the same thing. You know, if this whole faith thing really does hinge on eternal life and I die and everything goes black and nothing happens, you know, that's, that's kind of scary. Paul's like, whoa, 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 before you start thinking that, God doesn't lie. He's never been proven to lie. He's never lied. He doesn't lie. And so you can trust him in this. God, who does not lie, promised, he promised this before the beginning of time. Now, if you really think about this and start your mind to kind of wrap around this, so he promised Jesus, he promised eternal life to me before the world was made, before I was made, before I sinned, and Adam and Eve sinned, and how did he know they were going to sin? Turn to uh, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy is just, just to your left a little bit. Chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. It says, So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel. Oh, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? But join for me in the suffering of the gospel, for the suffering of the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life. Now, here's, here's the kicker. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So God had a plan for our screw-ups. God said, listen, Adam, Eve, you got one tree, don't eat of it. Everything else, yours, go to town. Man, you guys have fun. I'm going I'm to be here. Y'all just call my name, you know, probably the song, you call my name, it's played, and, 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 and so he's like, hang out with me, and it's just going to be great. And then y'all know the story, Adam and Eve, they're like, hey, that's a pretty cool apple, it wasn't probably an apple, it was a fig or something, who knows, and, and they ate it, and God's walking through the forest, and he's like, Adam, Eve, where are you? He knew where they were, he just wanted them to confess of their own volition, and, and they come out, and he's like, whoa, hey, you were naked, and now you know you're naked, what's going on here? And he's like, sorry, God, we, we failed. God says, that's cool, it's not cool, but I've made a plan because I knew this was going to happen, because I knew that when I gave you the choice, eventually you would make the wrong choice. And so God made a way for us before the beginning of time. Verse 3 in Titus. At his appointed season, he brought his word to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. So Paul, Paul knows Titus, and we believe, we're pretty sure, fairly certain, if not by, by this verse alone, that Paul led Titus to Christ. We know he, he uh, influenced Timothy, and Timothy had a, a grandmother who was a Christian and led him to Christ, and Paul built him up, and we believe that 
Paul led Titus to Christ because in verse 4, he says, my true son, we'll get to that in a minute. But Paul invests in Timothy. Paul says, listen, I've got something that you don't have. And he spoke the gospel to Timothy. And Titus's life was changed because of that. We need to understand something. Because this is very important. We should never take, never ever take the leadership that God has given you, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding that God's given you, you should never take it lightly. Because listen, leadership is a stewardship. Just like we, we've talked about, you know, you've got $10 and you need to be good stewards of it. Leadership is a stewardship. And if you don't use it, it can be temporary. It can, it can, you, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you learn in Spanish, and you know Spanish, you got it down, but if you don't use it, and you don't start talking and speaking all the time, then you start to lose it, and you forget words, and you forget, I don't remember too much from high school in Spanish, but when I lived in Texas, boy, I, I could start picking up, ah, oh, what was that word, what was that, I just didn't remember. Leadership is a stewardship. And you have to use it. You have to build it up. You have to strengthen it. You have to pray for it as you use it. Because Paul did. It says, at his appointed season, he brought his word. God brought his word to light to Timothy or to Titus through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. He could be talking about anybody. But God uses Paul and he uses his leadership. Leadership is a stewardship. So this, here's what this means. One, you must use your leadership, use the leadership that our Heavenly Father has given you, use it wisely. Because we see so many examples in Scripture of people who do not use leadership wisely. They use it abusively. I worked for a, for a company that... Um, it was a landscape company it was, uh, back when I was in high school. And the guy was so abusive. He'd drive around. I mean, he had probably ten crews out. And he'd drive around, and he'd just roll up to one crew. Why aren't you going faster? And he'd yell at you, and he'd grab the shovel from you. You, 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 you dig a big old hole, throw the tree in there. That's how you need to do it, get in his car and drive off. And you're like, yeah, sure, I'd do that if I only had to do it like five times a day and just walk to another... I mean, he wanted us to do all, he was so abusive. And I put up with him for a summer, and he was my dad's good friend. And finally, one day, I turned to him, I said, Frank, I'm sick of you, man. I'm just tired of it. And he's like, I was wondering when you were going to get sick of me. Oh, I was sick of you by day two, buddy. I, was, I mean, he's probably 30 years older than me. He had a heart attack when he was 45 because he was going so hard. I mean, he was just a going, going, going. Leadership is a stewardship, but it should not be abused. We need to use it wisely. And the second thing you need to understand is this. You need to seek to follow someone who uses their leadership wisely. And I'm not just talking about Christ. Obviously, that's a given. You need someone in your life that you see that uses leadership wisely. Listen, do not equate leadership with success. They don't always equate. Leadership, some of the biggest, most amazing leaders I've ever come across are guys who are never out for success. 
but they lead people to know Christ. When we did that uh, whole series on holiness, the book that I had pointed out uh, called Because We, because we Love Him, written by a guy named Clyde Cranford. He discipled probably 200 guys. He was never out for success, never wanted to, to do anything that um, made him, you know, prop him up, made him look good. About half, if not more, of the people that he has discipled are big names in the Christian world. Not because they want to be propped up either, but because of the foundation that he laid for them. It all kind of came back to him, but he was discipled by someone as well. He had a leader above him. And so I want to challenge you guys to make sure you have a leader that you look to, that you follow, that you know is wise, that you know is not going to take advantage of you, that you know only has your best interests in heart, that you know wants you to grow and strengthen in a relationship with Christ that you never thought possible. I want us to be leaders of leaders because I see leadership in every single one of us. It's there. And, and you, can be, you can be a quiet leader. You can be a loud leader. That doesn't have anything to do with leadership. Leadership has to do with your heart and who you follow and who you serve. Leadership is a stewardship. So seek someone to follow, someone who uses their leadership wisely. And then in verse 4, we'll close out. To Titus, this is kind of the common introduction. To Titus, my true son in our common faith. So this common faith is, is don't take that out of context. He's just saying, listen, we both came from different, er- different places. Titus is a Gentile, Paul is a Jew. Those guys do not associate with each other. But what brings them together is Christ, is Jesus. And so Paul is saying, you are my true son. This is why we believe Paul led Titus to, uh, to Christ because he calls Timothy this, he calls Titus this, only the ones that he's really close to spiritually. You are my true son in our common faith. Grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. These are the two of the two, the two people of the Trinity who are involved in salvation. These are the two people who are involved in, in, in the working of, of your heart. And he uses the Holy Spirit too. Don't, don't take that out of context. Don't, don't hear me wrong. Hear me wrong there. But he, he always quotes that. So Paul and Titus are guys. They're cut from the same mold because they're both followers of Christ. They're both servants. And if you want to be a leader, you have to be a follower. If you want to be a leader, you have to be a servant. Leadership doesn't come, true leadership doesn't come because people follow you. True, true leadership comes because of who you follow. Everybody with me? Leadership is a big deal, and I want to see us use it. I want to see us in our church take leadership in, in, the, in the things that we have within us I want to see us use them for God's glory. If you've got something that you've thought, man, I would love to do this. I would, I, why don't we do this or that or that? And you need to come tell us. Come share. And man, if God is laying something on your heart, let's get to it. Let's use your leadership skills 
to reach the neighborhood, to, to reach people where, that you work with, where, wherever you work. Let's use these leadership skills that God has given you because God cannot be beaten. And if God is in you, what does Scripture say? If God is for you, who can be against you? If God's in you, you've won. Go ahead and start walking around with the flag. You've won. This is an awesome time, and I want us to understand as we walk through this book, leadership is something you have. And if you don't realize it, then let's flip the switch and let's make it active. Father, I pray that you will do great things in us. I pray that you will show us our leadership abilities. Father, you used Paul to teach Titus. You used Paul to teach us. Father, you speak to us and you speak to our hearts. Father, we have people in our lives that invest in us. And God, I ask that you will help us to understand what specific leadership skills we have, even beyond the wisdom and knowledge and understanding that you've given us. Help us to understand even more specifically where we lead, how we influence people. And Father, I pray that you will help us to use this influence for your glory, to further your kingdom, to share what you've done in our lives. Father, make us leaders of leaders, not for us or so that people can look at us, but for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.